Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... When a case has DNA, it seems like finding the killer will be an easy task. This, however, isn't always the case. There are many different aspects of a case, of a judicial system, that need much more than just DNA and the name of the killer. On February 9th, two women in two different years lost their lives to the same man. A man who, as far as we know, the courts know the identity of, but for one reason or another, remains uncharged for the murders that he committed. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. The place was Taylorsville, Salt Lake City, Utah, an area within the metropolitan borders of the city known for population density and tons of apartment complexes. A place where 29-year-old Sonia Mejia moved with her common-law husband and 8-year-old son and took up residence in the Fairway apartment complex. The day was February 9th, 2006 at around 11.30 a.m. And Sonia, who worked at a local McDonald's, was home alone when she heard the sound of someone at her front door. When she opened it, there stood a short Hispanic male with combed back short black hair holding a can of soda and a bag of Cheetos. A neighbor, who just so happened to be outside when he arrived, noticed how the man stood close to Sonia before forcing himself into her apartment and closing the door behind him. When Sonia's husband came home six and a half hours later, he walked into the apartment and found her body lying on the bed that they shared. She had been gagged with a blue bandana, a wire garrote around her neck, and signs that she had been brutally raped prior to her murder. Despite the fact that police were able to get a detailed description of the killer via the neighbor who saw him that morning, and the fact that he was driving Sonia's stolen four-door gold Ford Escort, the mystery man was never found. In addition to stealing the car, two of Sonia's rings, and a religious pendant, the killer also stole something from Sonia's husband and their young son. The chance to get to know the six-month-old fetus that she was pregnant with when she was murdered. Sonia had no enemies and was not involved in anything nefarious, meaning this attack, this brutal rape, was randomly committed at the hands of a complete stranger. 
With Sonia Mejia's murder still an active mystery, police would receive a call exactly two years later that would not only add a new case to their plate, but create a mystery that, to this day, remains unsolved. On February 9th, 2008, just a few blocks from where Sonia was killed, Isaias Gomez made several calls over to his mother, 57-year-old Damiana Castillo, that went unanswered. Isaias was supposed to pick her up that day for work, so he went over to her home and, after she failed to come to the door, located the spare key and let himself inside. When he did, he found his mother's body lying on the floor of her ransacked apartment, partially covered by a pillow. He called the police who were able to gather DNA evidence from the scene. Evidence that, when run in 2009, matched to the John Doe who killed Sonia Mejia and her unborn baby exactly two years before. During a press conference held in 2009 where police announced the link and the formation of a 20-person task force, investigators told the public that they needed help locating a Hispanic male in his early 20s who was about 5'3 and weighed about 135 to 150 pounds with short black hair. They claimed the date of February 9th, which gave him the moniker the February 9th killer, was merely a coincidence and did not believe the date held any significance. In 2010, in what was believed to be a first for a homicide case in Salt Lake County, the DA's office filed a murder charge not against a person since he remained unidentified, but against a DNA profile. And John Doe was charged with two counts of aggravated murder, two counts of aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, and aggravated sexual assault. But by 2011, the case was classified as cold. Then on April 5th, 2017, the DA's office amended the charging documents as well as the arrest warrant filing the documents under a seal, which typically means new information about the case has come into existence and that a specific person is being named as a suspect. In November of 2018, Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill announced that a suspect in the February 9th murders was in custody in a different jurisdiction and was in the process of being extradited back to Utah to face charges previously held against John Doe claiming they knew exactly who the February 9th killer really was. Unfortunately, it remains unclear who that man is and what the other jurisdiction is, as the court documents remained sealed. According to Sim Gill, the identity of the killer will remain a mystery on the off chance that this man is released from jail prior to the extradition. Worried that, if he knew the state of Utah was looking for him, he would flee before they had a chance to charge him. As far as my research can tell, the unidentified man remains unidentified and outside the jurisdiction of Salt Lake County, meaning that, on paper, this case remains a cold one, and justice for Sonia Mejia, her baby, and Damiana Castillo remains unserved. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on February 10th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.